this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 125 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode Midnight Mass Review. Uh, but I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, uh, Monday morning at 7 a.m., so you can go there, let me know what you think of the show, leave a comment, uh, let me know how I can improve, or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com and write me an email. Again, let me know what you think of the show, or maybe you have a suggestion, something you want me to talk about. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes or the Google Play Store. Um, likes, subscribes, stars, all that kind of stuff there would be great. So yeah, uh, this is just a quick little intro. Uh, I know I don't usually do movies and shows. This is Gaming with Grief after all. But uh, my wife and I recently watched a pretty amazing show on Netflix called Midnight Mass. Um, and we will talk about it here shortly. I'm just doing an intro to set everything up, and my wife will come in the room very shortly, uh, and we will talk about the show. Uh, like everything else, um, in the beginning, we'll just talk about general impressions, probably a little bit of background about the creator, and then we'll do spoilers at the end, and man, do we have a lot of spoilers. So, um, yeah, uh, just wait for the transition, everybody. We are back. Yay, my wife, my amazing wife. So uh, to start this off, uh, before we really get into Midnight Mass, uh, you know more about the creator writer Mike Flanagan than I do because you've watched The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes, which are both amazing. I will say the first one I enjoyed uh, more than the second, but the second one was really good. I just love his writing and his dialogue. His Just his writing is really... Yeah, and, but he, uh, there seems to be some common themes in Midnight Mass with, like, uh, grief, um, drinking, alcoholism, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are dealing, somebody online uh, said, at, I think, The Haunting of Hill House, that each member of the family was a stage of grief, mm-hmm. and he responded to them and said, that's a good spot. Mm-hmm. So he purposely did that of, like, you know, so y- you... When you watch Midnight Mass, just if people don't know, uh, just to give people like the general uh, story without spoiling a Midnight Mass, it takes place uh, on a kind of undescript island. Uh, they don't really say what part of the world or what part of the states it's in. It's definitely the states, um, but it's only got 127 people on the island. Uh, again, without getting the spoiler-free stuff, there's a tragedy that happens in the beginning, and one of the main characters, Riley moves back to town to the he goes back to this island to be with his family after there's been a tragedy um and he kind of has to put his life together uh and then uh a priest comes into town to take the place of um the old acting priest who went to the holy land and is sick basically and uh hilarity ensues it is, um, it is kind of funny yeah um kind of no i it's it's really serious and um apparently mike flanagan uh was raised catholic um and also is i read uh, a few interviews with him he's currently in alcoholics anonymous so there is depictions of aa meetings in the show and it's actually very um it's very uh respectful like I was telling my wife, it seems realistic, you know, because he's obviously talking about things he's experienced, like with the AA meetings and stuff. And so some of the 
conversations. Obviously, you don't share a lot that happens in those meetings, but you still, um, you know, you can be true to them in a way. Did you like the stuff? I mean, did it seem, it seemed respectful, right? The AA stuff? I I think so. I haven't had any experience, uh, but it it definitely did seem respectful. Um, And also, um, I got really emotional one part of it. Yeah, they, they, they do talk. There's a miscarriage in the show, and so uh, we did not expect that. Uh, so we were both kind of uh, moved. So that, it yeah, it made me cry a lot. Yeah, because someone does give a really good speech about it. Was it was a know? really good speech. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's really good. So basically, it's, it, you know, this town is, it, it, there's 127 people. They talk about there's been a an oil spill that has affected the town. Uh, they're all fishermen, obviously, because it's an island community. Um, and so, uh, people are kind of, you know, the island isn't what it once was. There's, they said people just started leaving. They didn't even sell their houses. They would just leave the island. Um, and you really feel like it's this incredibly tight community, community that's kind of on the decline. And this, uh, priest comes and kind of reinvigorates the community because the, the sermons he gives are amazing. They are really good. Yeah. And, um, I heard an interview with the actor who played the priest he said those all came at the end of shooting mm-hmm. so it sounds like he did them all back to back which is amazing because mentally you have to be in the headspace of this is where you were this day this is where you were that day and what happens is this leads up to uh the show kind of takes place like the day before or the week of easter so it starts out you have ash wednesday which i'm not catholic but i do realize enough that that is the time of like apparently you start repentance and start that the ash wednesday starts a lead up to uh the resurrection of jesus on easter you Mm -hmm. know the catholics believe and it and uh there's been many people that have written about uh and mike flanagan himself the writer director that he was raised catholics uh and i think he was an altar boy maybe but uh you can definitely see that he has definitely sat in on some uh priestly you know, he's, he's heard these speeches before in mm-hmm. church. Um, and I heard one commentator that what used to be a pastor wrote about the show. It's, um, it's a, by Jared Petty at IGN. If you've seen the show, read the article because there's a lot of spoilers. But he talked about how the speeches seem more like a Pentecostal minister or like a fire and brimstone minister as opposed to a priest. But it actually makes more... Gives the show more power. And the uh, I asked you about Mike Flanagan in the beginning because it seems like this is stuff that he deals with a lot, like grief. There's a lot, lot of, yeah, there's a lot of grief and it's all really intense, but it all just sort of, you can, um, what's the word? You can, you can kind of see where the characters are coming from because he kind of doesn't, he kind of makes it so you can, you know. Yeah, he gives everybody the yeah the extra perspective and weight. Like you, mm-hmm. they don't. There is certain characters that focus on more because obviously they're main characters. But you do get a sense that this, uh, like one of the actresses, I'm not going to say who because that would be a spoiler. She basically said she didn't look at her backstory of where her character came from. She looked more at the island as a character and how her character related to the island, um, because she'd been there a while and that's how she viewed her character that this thing is a place mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, it's it's good. Um, it's seven episodes on Netflix. I know this is like the shorter beginning part of the show, but we really wanted to get into the spoilers. So, if you like very serious discussions of grief, loss, 
um, and somebody being very respectful. Um, and religion, I think, in a way, uh, it's still respectful of religion in a way, even though, you know, you could say it isn't. But it's seven episodes on Netflix, so it is a self-contained story. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where Netflix and TV nowadays really excels because none of this could be fit into a movie. Uh, no. You would have to make a lot of concessions. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing also is there's a conversation about other shows on Netflix, like Squid Game, which I've heard is very good. But they're like, well, what are we going to do in season two? Because everybody's talking about season one. And I see this all the time where you have a very good season of television. Um, like in the olden days when there was 20 episodes of television on TV. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what's going to happen the next season? And we've all had that experience where we're like, man, the first season was so much better. They should have just ended it there. I'm glad that things like Midnight Mass exist to say, this is all we're going to tell and the story is complete. Uh, we need to finish Penny Dreadful, but they had the same thing where it was, mm-hmm. the creator said, I'm not making any more seasons. I just want to tell a story that I want to tell. It's mm-hmm. three seasons and we're done. So I think that is right now the power of television to tell the kind of story you want in the amount of time you want without worrying about, well, it's got to be renewed for the second season. It's got to, I got to have a four season arc of all these things. It's like, no, I want to tell a seven episode story about a sleepy town in the world, a sleepy island, and be done after the seven episodes. I will say I'm really sad that it's over, but I probably will go back and watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Because I like it that much. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way to see, like, when you know now what you know, the progression of all that mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, So I guess uh, without further ado, I think uh, you and I will get into spoilers now because I think, like a lot of people that have watched a show before we... Uh, watched it there was a lot of talk online about like endings explained and this is a fan theory and you know blah 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 so you've been warned uh this is the second time i'm warning you uh, my wife and i will have full spoilers for the show so here we go so three two one spoilers wow vampires huh <laughs> <laughs> feels kind of good to say it doesn't it it does. You know, I, I saw an interview again with the creator. Like, I did a lot of research before this. Just because I was in bed with you, we were watching fan theories online and people break the show down. The creator mm-hmm. said he didn't want to use the word vampires because he thought that was too tongue-in-cheek. It is. That saying the word vampires kind of made the show less impactful and he wanted to focus on the themes of town um, about, you know, these people feeling a certain way or whatever. And I understand that. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I don't think it's wrong. I just. No. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting because you know, uh, it's it's it, it does give weight to the people's emotions and things like that. Um, and I think it's um, like you and I talked when um, the priest Mon- uh, Pruitt is uh, fed off by that vampire in Jerusalem. Uh, like you said, he has dementia. He's yeah. not really so there he, all the way. He thinks. It's an angel. Right. Right? Because he's just on the... Delirious. Delirious. And then the vampire feeds off him, so he's also probably lost a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah. So he believes, you know, he was dying, basically, like elderly, uh, had Alzheimer's really bad. So when this happens to him and the vampire gives him his... The vampire gives his blood to the the priest... um, it's a sacrament from God almost mm-hmm. because that is a big thing in Catholicism. You know, this is the blood of Christ. This is the body of Christ. 
you take communion. Uh, you know, Jesus died for our sins. There's a lot of iconography. I mean, we're not religious, but we have been to church, so there's a mm-hmm. lot of iconic, you know, iconography and religion. About. I can see where the resurrection part would come into play yeah, in the, his mind. Yeah, and the priest talks about it a lot. This mm-hmm. is the this is the new covenant between. Uh, um, I'm gonna butcher it, but there's the first covenant in the Old Testament, the new, uh, the the second covenant in the, uh, or in the Old Testament, there's the first covenant. In the New Testament, there's a second covenant with Jesus. This is the third covenant, the resurrection of life and death. Um, you know, the this priest Pruitt comes to town and starts basically performing miracles by giving them the blood of the angel, as he calls it, but we know it's basically a vampire. Mm -hmm. And so people start being healed because the blood is transformative. And at first I didn't like the fact, uh, because I am very weird and traditional with my science fiction, he was able to exist in the sunlight with this vampire blood running through him. But they do explain later that since his he is still technically alive and his heart never stopped beating, that he needs to truly die Mm -hmm. uh, to be reborn uh, not only in Catholicism, but reborn as a true vampire, basically. Mm-hmm. And But it is really fascinating. I'm sure this has all been done before. But I think making a contained story on this island, it's more impactful. Because what I've seen stuff like this with religion and vampirism, it's almost like a like a wink-wink, nudge-nudge that everybody's evil because they're Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually religion is the punching bag in movies anyway, where people just hate religion so there's always like Bev Keen and the show is very religious she's one of the characters that always has a bible verse for something um, and everything I've read online said I mean we all know those people mm-hmm. they, I mean the few times you and I've been to church you always meet that one person that's like will recite bible passages to mm-hmm. you and I always think okay we get it you read stuff mm-hmm. um, but I, I think it's it's an amazing uh, you know what at the end he, he talks to someone it, Early on uh, in his life, he had an affair with someone in town. He heals her because she is elderly as well. When he comes back to town, she's got Alzheimer's and not doing well. And he gives her basically the covenant, the, the, the blood of the vampire, and she starts healing. And at the, end of the, at the end of the show, when everything's literally going to shit, uh, they have a, I think that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the show when he says, you know... Uh, watching our daughter grow up has been amazing and uh, what you and I did wasn't a sin um, and uh, I love her and I'm sorry you know for everything and I thought that was a really good scene where you know like there was a real heartfelt moment where he's like this didn't really end up the way I wanted you know Um, yeah we are the wolves yeah like and and that's an amazing scene towards Mm -hmm. the end when uh, everybody that's been turned into a vampire in town uh, is is coming up the path and you see their eyes change like light up which I think is a really easy effect but it's pretty effective I think Um, it was it was pretty effective you mean everything was on fire it was dark yeah because Bev Bev got the revelation there literally from revelations I guess again I'm not religious but she talks about you know everything will burn in fire I think Bev poisoned him yeah there's a thing early on because since his heart hasn't stopped and he starts getting sick and like puking up blood my wife and i have this theory that he told bev what was going on and needed to make the final sacrifice so she gave him poison uh which they use in the end to basically kill the townspeople that have been taking the sacraments so they can truly be reborn as vampires Mm -hmm. and i think bev did it on him and maybe that was for him an act of faith of you do it to me first to see if this works and then if it works, we can give these gifts to the townspeople. But what if he didn't know that? Yeah, he didn't know, and that, that was the thing. And I think that scene where 
he has been puking up blood and he comes home and people are there wanting to talk to him and he pukes up a lot of blood and his eyes turn red. They, they really show her face and reaction to what's happening. And she, everybody else is freaking out because he's obviously puked mm-hmm. up blood in his own place and he's dead. And she is very focused on what is happening to him. And when he wakes up, I think that's when she kind of is relieved that like, oh, now we, now this is a true get, literal gift from God. I think he, he, uh, he had been, he didn't know any better per se. You know, maybe he was unintentionally manipulating people because he thought that it would really work. But Bev was manipulating him. Right. And I think she she wasn't reborn until the last minute. And she does express that because Riley in town, who my wife and I talked, Riley in the beginning was involved in an accident. He was driving drunk and killed someone. So he comes back to town, starts going to aid to like pick up, like move forward with his grief. Uh, pick his, you know, do the best he can. And he gives very good speeches about, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my future is. I want to be of use. And um, he meets his old, like, high school sweet sweetheart who's also moved back to the island. And, sh- and she says, you know, just worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. And that helps him out. And he starts going to AA with the priest because uh, um, the, I keep, Pruitt basically says that you know, I can do your AA meetings, don't go to the mainland, stay here. And I think it's because he just doesn't want anybody to leave the island. You know, he's like, just stay he here. He just wants to fix everybody. Well, Riley finds out about the covenant, this this demon that fed on the priest. You know, Pruitt brings him back to Crockett to basically give the sacri- You know, the, the gifts of the angel to the island, keeps him in a case. The, island, the angel flies around at night feeding on cats and maybe a person. Um... And he is giving blood back to the priest so the priest can feed because the priest has now been dead and is reborn and has the hunger for blood. Uh, Riley walks in on them and Riley is fed upon and turned into a vampire. Uh, goes out in the sunlight. Pruitt drags him back in and says, you know, he burns a little bit. He drags him back and says, you can't do that. And this is when Bev starts to get a little bit mad, comes mm-hmm. in. And Prude has already told her about the angel because she said the angel has bestowed these gifts upon people. Why did she pick Riley, who does not uh, love his gifts or appreciate the gifts that he's given, but some of us have been spared? Um, you know. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, her, um, her uh, burning down, burning the, uh, the buildings down because she wants to bathe everything in fire... Uh, screws them over because the last two homes are the church and the community center which are near the church mm-hmm. and she um, somebody burns those um, so she pretty much killed everybody. she killed everybody in town because they have nowhere to hide there's nowhere mm-hmm. I mean I mean the other thing would be if you're so steeped in vampire lore but I mean you have to be a real big nerd like me and know that you could just dig a hole but, like, you know, they get to the point where, what are they thinking? They've just been in, you know, they've just been turned into a vampire, like, maybe an hour or two before that. What's going on? You know, the priest Prue did have this whole speech he wanted to give to them after they were turned during Easter Mass, is when they were all turned, Midnight Mass. He starts having Mass in the evening. And, um... Yeah, and if he, yeah, and I think if he were, had more of his wits about him, you know, if he weren't shot... Yeah, because someone tries then... to stop everything. It's so grotesque. The demon shows up, and it's a bloodbath because... But one... I think if nobody had stepped in, he, he probably would have been able to... Right, calm him down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, like, my wife and I, they're, they're not a plot hole, but I think one thing that you think for a second, you think to yourself, 
wait a minute. When they need food, so you don't want to yeah. convert everybody in town because they're going to need to feed, right? So, yeah, because you have to keep a constant supply. So right. you'd have to just keep maybe donating their blood and put it into a certain area. Oh, yeah, we have, we have tons of theories of um, blood drives that we were talking about and things you could do um, to feed so that way you wouldn't yeah. have to... Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to run out of food. Then. Yeah. They would have, yeah. Which, there what was that movie? Was that Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke several yes. years ago? Yeah. Where the vampires were running out of food, mm-hmm. and they had a blood bank of people like below ground, and they were like literally sucking them dry. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting that they had like coffee. They kept them alive, but they were, yeah, just basically like you said. They're cattle, basically. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're milking them for blood. But the, the vampires who couldn't get the blood would go, would, they would turn decrepit. Yeah, and they'd in Daywalkers they'd also feed off each other, which you can't do. It like started deforming the vampires yeah. because they were like feeding off each other. Yeah. Um, but um, I do like again going back to speech with Pruitt and his wife mm-hmm. or his uh, lover when they meet and talk about their daughter. He has that thing of like you know I I did all this because I you know I went to Jerusalem the Holy Land. I brought this creature back because I did want to give these sacraments to people, but I couldn't I couldn't watch you die. You know, because she mm-hmm. was elderly, ailing, Alzheimer's, bedridden, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, he said, that's why I did it for you. And there is a scene earlier on when he hasn't revealed to the town what's going on, but he goes to her house and says, her daughter's there, who's a doctor, and says, you know, I know your mother um, has never missed uh, church, and I know she's ailing, so I'm here to help that. And there's an amazing scene. It's very quick, but he does give her... You know, the um, blood of Christ. He does a whole service. And there's just a quick scene where he sees her in bed and he starts to cry because she's obviously elderly and dying. And he wants to help her, so he starts giving her the blood of the angel. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick aside, it is strange to me that they keep calling it an angel when it's the most demonic-looking angel I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's got, it's got like... Um... Bat wings, horn-type things on its wings. On the yeah, and, on, the, on the on the V of the wings, it's got. But like, it it does actually, uh, like it makes me think that they're even more swept up into their religion because they're blinded by that. Right. Yeah. That it's like, well, th- this is this is this, this is, is what it's got to be. Right. You know, th- this is. Can be anything else other than this. Well, it, it helps too because all this stuff is built up, and he showed these gifts to people towards the end. So just seeing the angel. Which, by the way, is an unsettling image, seeing the angel in the robes, the yes. Catholic robes, the walking narrative. through the congregation. Yeah. It was very uh, good to see that. Um, I Oh, yeah, evil disguising itself. Right, evil disguising itself is good. And it, it's so effective. It, you know, that thing is... They did an amazing creature design with they that. They did. Uh, he looked, he looked and it's simple, too. It wasn't, like, overdone where you're like, wow, that's, like, why does he have seven pairs of wings? That's dumb. But, no, he... It's, um, and, and there's theories online, and I don't know where you fall, but, like, he, towards the end, I mean, without spoiling everything, I guess, he gets his wings cut, like, holes in his wings, and it's hard for him to fly, and the sun's coming up, and he flies away. Two people that survive in the boats, um, Kina, and I forget the boy's name, Warren, uh, they're two young kids in town, they survive on a boat, they're just outside floating in the water, kind of looking at the town burning, going, well, we're out here. Um, they see the creature fly away. And uh, Keen is like, you know, is he going to make it? And uh, Warren's like, you know, it's 30 miles to the next island. 
and I don't think he can outrun the sun. Like the sun's coming up, and you know she Kina was the one in the she's in a wheelchair in the beginning. Mm-hmm. She is healed, so she obviously been walking around. And there's a lot of fan theories to say that you know, and the you know the lore of vampires. If you're the Brig- the prodigioners, you know the the first vampire, and you give these gifts. If you die, all the gifts go away. And there's a scene at the end when they're floating in the boat. When the sun comes up after a few moments, they watch the town burn, and she turns. Kina turns to Warren and says, "I can't feel my legs anymore." So the, a lot of people have a fan theory that the vampire did die. He burned up in the sun because uh, the gifts are gone, basically, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. It's a good theory. Yeah, and I liked it. Like you didn't have. This, I think it would have been a cool shot to see the vampire fly away from the sun and just watch him slowly burn up as he's flying away. That would have been a cool... I think so. But I think they wanted a little but bit they more. they wanted to leave it more. Yeah, which, again, since it's a contained story, I mean, do you have to keep it open-ended? You could have just been like, no, they were done. He's done. We're fine. We're good. But he may do, like, a Midnight Mass uh, Chapter 2 um, or, like, a prequel or something or explain more. And apparently he's been trying to write this for a while. Ten years. Yeah, and he's put... Uh, Katie Siegel, who plays one of the characters... Um, she's in another of his, uh, Hush. Hush. And she is a writer who is writing a story called Midnight Mass on her computer when the attacker comes in. Uh, she's obviously deaf, so somebody's able to... Anyway, it's a, it's a I'll good I'll preface horror. this by saying, uh, just, just, uh, you know, brace yourself if you're gonna yeah. watch that. Hush is a pretty... In the daytime, Yeah, yeah it's... I think it's one of those horror movies where I watched and thought, like, all this is... There's no ram- There's no reason. Right, there's no reason, but also it doesn't fall into the trope of, like, we all do that where we're, like, watching a horror movie, we're like, why is, why are they doing that? And I think Hush was a good one where you're like, oh, no, that all makes sense, you know. Um, but Mike Flanagan also directed that. So, but, I mean, back to Midnight Mass. Uh, as being a big fan of the supernatural and horror, I don't know if I told you this, but, oh, I did. I think, for me, not that his other series are bad, you know, The Haunting of Hill House or The Haunting of Bly Manor. For some reason, I love the supernatural. I love werewolves. I love vampires. I love all this crazy stuff that we've read about for years. But ghosts have just never really done it for me. There's something less scary about a ghost, I think, uh, for me. And so I think that's why I, w- I didn't really watch those shows. Oh, it's so good. But they're good, so I might have to go back. It's it's not like it, it totally plays up on the whole ghost thing, per se. It's more about the story. The family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I may have to go back and retroactively watch. I think you those. should. I should watch those. Mm-hmm. But I think vampires are always more. You know, when you you can physically see something and can touch you, that's more affecting to me. And it they is. did a good job it with is. the creature design and stuff. They did. So I mean, I I, I guess I think that'll be the end of the episode. But uh, you know, just watch Midnight Mass, and then if you um, have listened to the spoiler cast, you can write me. Um, or, you know, write the podcast and let me know what you thought of the show and what I you... give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's very good. 10 out of 10. I mean, we don't really give scores and they don't care about no. us. No. Uh, but, it's uh, yeah, it's very good. And uh, like you said, I might watch it again to see how it progresses. Yeah. Knowing now what you know. You can look at other things in there and just right. sort of... There's, a, there's, I saw a one line where they broke down imagery and they circled a curtain. So I don't understand what that's about. That I don't know. Little, that seems... Uh, yeah. You know, there there is an industry of reaction, which we're, we're part of it, but there is a whole YouTube industry of looking at something and reacting to it. So, um, yeah. So thanks for doing the spoiler Of cast, course, everybody. anytime. Yay. Um, so, yeah, just to remind you guys uh, that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m., so go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com and write uh, me an email, let me know what you think or what you want me to do to improve the show. Uh, find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe, 
or you can go to the Apple, the Apple iTunes store or the Google Play store. Um, Apple might change the name of that, but go there, give me the likes, the subscribes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, anything else before we leave, baby? Uh, no, it's been great. Check it out. Yeah, it's uh, self-contained. Are the other ones self-contained as well? The, the mm -hmm. Haunting of Hill? They're they only, are. what, eight episodes, ten episodes? They're, like they're de yeah, they're self-contained. Okay, so yeah. Mm -hmm. So that might be another thing. So there you go. So uh, everybody have a good week, and we will talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.